Okay, you could start whenever. Welcome back to episode two of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie. And I'm Joe. We're a married couple who left our Christian faith. On this podcast, we'll talk about our journey, reasons we left the church, things we're going through now, and ways we've grown since. So last episode, which was our first episode, Mm -hmm. we talked about our background and kind of our story of how we left our faith. Um, And today we're going to talk about some of the reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a big list here of all the reasons or all the red flags that came up for us that made a big impact on our journey. Uh, And so let's just jump into it. So Katie, do you want to start? Sure. So the first red flag is a red flag that we didn't notice until we sat back and reflected on our early years of being confused in the church. And so this red flag, I think, happened around the winter time of 2015. And it was a simple one. It was just that we noticed that whatever like church or group we were in, all of those people sort of dressed the same, had the same interests, uh, prayed in the same way with mm-hmm. the same cadence, um, prophesied in the same way with the same cadence. And this was a little bit strange. And I remember thinking that, you know, we would go to church, our church, and people would get up on stage and I would be like, I swear I just heard someone who was having this exact, that exact same cadence when they just prophesied, they emphasized the exact exact same words. And this person just got up and sang this song that sounded exactly like this other song. (laughs) Same notes and the same style and the same, yeah. Same build and everything. And I think um, it was especially striking for us too, because we kind of had our feet in a few different, like a different groups. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were, well, you grew up super Lutheran, so mm-hmm. you're really familiar with kind of how that was. And mm-hmm. then your parents' non-denominational church, mm-hmm. and then my parents' non-denominational mm-hmm. church, and then Crew, which was super evangelistic, yeah. um, and then our charismatic church, was, which was very different from all the others. Mm-hmm. It all had its own little subculture. And, right. And looking back on it, it seemed kind of like everybody was copying each other. And I, I used to think, like, if God was really filling us with this Holy Spirit, then why aren't we more unique? Why, why, when you go into this group, you kind of like turn into these people, you know, why does God prefer to make this group all like, like sweaters from old Navy and love football? (laughs) Um, looking at you crew. I mean, it just was really, it was really, um, it was just a red flag. Yeah. And it was something I would never tell a Christian at the time because it was so, it seems so ridiculous. So like petty Petty, or small. And I think it, is in a way mm-hmm. because like of course if you're spending a lot of time with a certain group of people you're just naturally going to kind of start acting like each other yeah. and i think that's fine but i also think it sort of put a little bit of a doubt in our mind or made us question mm-hmm. um kind of who we are and and the way we acted and stuff like that and are we doing all of these things just because we're copying the people around right. us or are we doing them because god is filling us is with inspiring the us to yeah. do it. yeah yeah so the next one uh, was a big one. And it was kind of just a sense of confusion, like a long running sense of confusion about whether or not we're doing the right thing. Um, cause as we were leaving the church, we, we were searching for God still, mm-hmm. uh, a lot. I mean, we, I think in both of our minds, we probably both expected to like find God again and yeah. come back to God. And that was our plan. And that's what we were hoping for. And so we were searching for God and we basically were just feeling this big sense of confusion all the time, you know, looking for God and 
I was looking for answers for my questions and trying to figure out where did my faith go uh, and stuff like that. But we were just kind of feeling confused, like we didn't know if we were doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, though one one thing is really revealing. I was reading my some of my notes from my journal last night. Uh, and these notes were from the time when we were kind of leaving the church. And I found one page that was really impactful for me back then where I had written down a verse, Jeremiah 29, 13. Uh, and it says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And that sounds all good and great. But I had so I had underlined the uh, all of your heart part, because what I ended up kind of taking away from this is that well, I'm seeking God, but I must not be seeking him with all of my heart because yeah. I'm not finding him. So, you know, every time I would try to figure out answers to my doubts or every time I try to find more faith, mm-hmm. I guess, and not be able to find it, I just concluded, well, I must not be like doing it hard enough. I must not be committed enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is just exhausting. It's you know, really it's confusing like, and exhausting. The more you try the more you fail. And then the more you fail, the more you feel like you have to try. And so it was kind of an endless cycle mm-hmm. of us just like going and going, going, working, working, trying to like give God the opportunity to, to put some faith on us, but just not really finding any answers. Yeah. The next thing that bothered us was the fact that there are so many denominations um, yeah, I think there's there like are... there's like thirty thousand or more, and, and I think there's different yeah. numbers. But there's even the fact that there's more than one thousand. Yeah, is mind baffling. Yeah, right. I I sat and thought about this and and was like, can't we unite? Or how are we all reading the same book, the Bible, yet we're all interpreting it in so many different ways? Like, isn't isn't God powerful enough to? not confuse the heck out of us. You know what I mean? Like, why are we so divided as Christians on this? And it really, and it really like scared me. Like, how do I know I'm in the right denomination? Right. And that was another thing that you're, we're scared of and get confused about. There's so many, like you could be making a mistake. You could be in the wrong church. Like you could not be following God the right way. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Well, and the problem is that a lot of the other denominations believe that we were making a mistake and believe that we were following God the wrong way. And, it's again, it was just like another area of confusion mm-hmm. um, and another red flag that kind of just left us feeling uneasy that there was no real good answer to. Yeah. Um, after that, we uh, started to question kind of the validity of some of the, I guess, like the experiences of God that we were having. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this came up because we, we were always super into worship. Um, I was in the worship band and Katie mm-hmm. has always been musical and played guitar and stuff. And mm-hmm. so the singing and like the dancing at church and jumping around and shouting and praising God, that was always kind of the high point for us, I think. Yeah, we loved that. Yeah, um, of course. And we started to think about the possibility or started to think about it um, like if God wasn't any part of this church service and we were all just in a building with a ton of our best friends um, singing songs about how much we love each other and how much we love life mm-hmm. and jumping up and down and music is blasting and and, and friends are putting their hands friends are on putting you, their hands, hugging yeah. you right you see your friends crying in the corner having these wonderful breakthroughs about how much and they, the music is building and yeah. building louder and louder and louder we kind of just thought if god wasn't here would we all still be feeling this like 
sense of elation, or or would、yeah. we still be feeling God's presence、yeah. in our hearts,、um, even if the service wasn't about God in any way?、Uh-huh. Um, I don't, we've we've gone to a lot of concerts. I feel like even non-Christian concerts,、mm-hmm. and you go and you get so pumped up by the environment,、emotion. and yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that again, that was another kind of doubt. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, are we experiencing God or are we experiencing adrenaline? Yeah, right. And it was like, dang it! <laughs> it was exactly. I need to figure this out. I didn't. That is not a realization I wanted to have. No, that was not a question I wanted to have、no. in my mind. And so that was kind of another like chink in the armor,、mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the saying goes. Yes. <laughs> um. So the next thing that kind of bothered us was why do we still have so many sins? Why are we not experiencing freedom from our problems? And I used to be jealous of people who would go up in front of the church and they would shout out about how they were free from something. They're free from their anger issues. They're free from addictions. They were free from jealousy. And I would just, you know, so desperately wish that I could feel that and think like, why hasn't God delivered me? I'm still like. A crappy person. I hate the way I am. I don't like what I, you know, I don't like my the way that I think. I don't like this about me or this about me, and I feel like I'm always struggling. Why when I、like. ask God, is He not helping me like He's helping these people? Yeah, like there's so many things that we felt like we were falling short in, and、mm-hmm. so many areas that were we were being sinful and like being too prideful or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and desperately asking God to help us. Yeah. And and on top of that, I I want to say too, like I think. Some Christians could hear this and would say, "Well, maybe you weren't saved then.、Mm-hmm. Like maybe you weren't actually saved, and that's why you weren't experiencing the freedom from these things." But I'm telling you, we—if anybody was saved, we were saved. You know, we experienced the experiences. We were baptized in the Holy Spirit at our charismatic. We were both、church. baptized we, as adults. We were baptized as adults a second time because we were so committed with our relationship with God. We led Bible studies and discipled、um, students. And, Yeah, I, I can't tell you how frustrating that was for me, you know, praying for things to be taken away from me,、uh, and and talking to other Christians too. You know, I don't know, I can't count how many Christian, committed Christian men I talked to who continually struggled with lust and pornography, and who across the board cried out to God and begged God, please take this from me, please help me with this burden. I can't do it on my own. But for some reason. It seemed like no help ever came to them,、mm-hmm. and so they just continued in their ways and just continued feeling horrible about themselves, and continued feeling like their problem with sin was just them not being committed enough or them not、mm-hmm. trying hard enough, and God didn't seem to be helping them. So that was yeah, and that's like a a trap. We realize that you get to that point where other people are questioning, "Are you saved?" and you are like, "Am I saved?" But Why, when things are going wrong, do we always blame ourselves and not God? God gets all the glory, and He doesn't get any of the blame. It's always our fault, and we're not living up to what He needs us to do. Right, and it's it's a it's a never ending cycle. Yeah, it's a trap. All right, so we're moving on. At this point, we have、oh, yeah. stopped going to church. So、yep. these these few things we got burned、really、out, <laughs> burned us out, and exhausted us, and we、yeah. didn't know what to do. We、we're, felt like imposters being in church. Exactly,、mm-hmm. and I think like we were just talking about there was things we we're trying to change about our personalities and about the way we were that we felt like were sinful or or prideful or whatever, and so we kind of decided that well, like 
trying so hard right now with God doesn't really seem to be doing anything. Mm -hmm. Um, let's stop doing that. And let's, I guess we were kind of trying to see if there was like any secular ways that we could, uh, just move forward with our life and try to improve and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we, we stopped going to church. Uh, we stopped praying. We stopped reading the Bible. We kind of just dropped all of it and wanted to give it a break and just kind of see where things were going to lie. And honestly, I think we expected some like major shift to happen in our, in our life yeah. once we stopped being plugged in to the body. Um, we, we thought our life would go bad. Yeah, right. We were kind of always taught that our life would go bad. But what happened was basically nothing. We, nothing we were changed. fine and yeah. <laughs> we were happy and we were like, wait a minute. Everything seems okay. Yeah, we are so shocked. (laughs) Right. I was, I was really shocked. That was actually, this one I think is potentially, was potentially the biggest, like the biggest, uh, flag. I don't know. The biggest thing that like really started to topple my faith was that I so expected that things would start to like really go bad when we stopped going to church when we stopped being plugged into God, stopped being dedicated all of our life (laughs) to to God God. and nothing happened. And I felt so disappointed. You know, I, I, I did. It was like the biggest disappointment because I think there was this tiny like seed of doubt that had been planted in my mind that it was this newborn idea that was kind of popping up saying, what if all of this God stuff that you were into was not real? And there was, that was the tiniest doubt. And I like couldn't grasp onto it yet. But that, the fact that nothing happened when we stopped being Christian, basically, when we stopped doing Christian things, that doubt was born. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was really hard. Yeah. And what kind of things did you think would happen in our life? I guess I thought our marriage would start to fall apart. That was a big worry Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, our marriage was like built on Christianity Mm -hmm. and I thought our relationship was going to start to go bad. Yeah. I thought maybe I would start to feel less loving towards people, Mm -hmm. less generous, like, um, less altruistic. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I just, I thought that I thought I would get meaner. Yeah. More like jealous. I thought you would get meaner too. More selfish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, I wouldn't. Yeah. I thought that all of the parts of me that I considered good, would start to noticeably diminish. Yes. You know, uh-huh. and and they didn't. They and all st- of the bad would... Would flourish. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. what happened was the good stayed there and the bad stayed there, just like always before. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was no one... There was no guilt There was no one it. watching. You yeah. Know? <laughs> there was <laughs> no one watching anymore. Yeah. So or telling it, us at church that we needed to change uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. So it was sort of a relief. It was in a way, but it was it was like a relief, like... Oh, I'm fine. I can just exist. But that's kind of scary. But also, that means that's like a big thing. If that's true, then yeah. that means that we might have been wrong about everything before. And yeah. So, yeah. So, let's see. I think the the next thing that happened, uh, which was a pretty big thing for our life, was during this whole process, we had been selling our house and considering moving to Portland. And this had nothing to do with us leaving the church. It was just for personal reasons. We wanted to live on the West Coast uh, just try a new, out a new city and meet some people from that community. So we moved to Portland in June 2015. And after... Peak of the PNW movement. Yes, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and after we were there for about a year, we met these friends. And these friends were 
so shocking because they were non-Christian and I don't know what we thought about the world and the people like who are couples and like you know the people out there we must have thought that they were like horrible and that they had horrible lives and like they were like rude and terrible and didn't have anything together but these people were so filled with life and so generous <laughs> they were so loving to us we- <laughs> so forgiving to us yeah. Um just we felt like we had never met anybody who was more yeah. spirit-filled <laughs> yes, than, than them. these two non-Christian friends that we had just met. And it blew our mind. Yeah, it did. And mm-hmm. I you know, it's like weird. It sounds so dumb. Weird and saying silly. that like assuming that someone who's not Christian can't be a good person. But it I don't know, it was a, kind of a shock. Subconsciously, we kind of thought like God is the only answer and he's the only giver of love. Right. And you know. So it was a, yeah, it was a surprise to meet them and feel so loved and see how full of life and how full of spirit they were. Yeah. Um not being Christian at all. Yeah, and so this sort of like ends our like our reasons that were a little bit more emotional. A little Um, more feely. A little more feely. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's something I think we were like really hard on ourselves about around this time was that all of these things were kind of feelings based. Um, And we were always taught in church, don't trust your feelings. Your feelings can't be trusted. You need to use, you need to only trust God. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, talking to people about our doubts, even then we got a lot of advice like, well, you know, God blesses those who believe even without seeing Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so we're like, okay, well, let's start like reading the Bible. Let's start looking into the more logical yes, side of exactly. things um, and kind of put our feelings aside for now because maybe we can't trust them. Let's mm-hmm. look into like the cold hard facts, so mm-hmm. to speak, and just try to put some answers together. Um, yeah. And this was that. about the same time that from following up on our last podcast, when I came into the kitchen and said to you, do you? Do you still believe in exactly. God? This was the same time that we started to actually take it seriously and say we started need to talk about it. To look into this yeah. like from a studying perspective. Right. We need to study apologetics, the Bible. We need to study this yeah. stuff. It was kind of a realization like this is potentially the most important thing in our whole life. We can't ignore we it. We can't anymore. ignore it. We need to mm-hmm. like give it some serious time, really study it, really try to figure out what's going on here because this just like living in wishy-washy half in half out mentality uh just like wasn't working yeah and it was stressful yeah for sure mm-hmm. so, so so you talk want to talk about like the first stage of that kind of like reasoning side yeah definitely so i had um i had started reading a little bit about meditation uh just because it was kind of coming onto the scene as a really popular practice with all the like people who are into productivity and self-improvement and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I had been reading into meditation and then kind of through that, it was lightly linked to Buddhism. And so I read a little bit about Buddhism, um, which I had never really read about the okay. other religions oh, in my either. life. I just really never had any reason to or interest in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was a bit kind of like the first introduction into that. Um, so started reading about Buddhism, uh, started reading about other religions And I guess the question sort of naturally bubbled up. Um, What about these other religions? You know, what about Muslims or Mormons or or Jehovah Mm -hmm. Witnesses? Um, Each of those groups also believe that they are the only ones who have the truth divinely given to them by God. They're the only ones who have it right. And everybody else has it wrong Mm -hmm. and is going to hell. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that was kind of a sobering realization, you know, because the whole life, our whole life, we just believed this, you know, we believed that we were right. And we believed that God has given us this gift of knowing him personally. But I never really, really considered that there are a ton of other people who also feel that exact same feeling I'm having. Um, but they have been given different information from yeah. God and a different plan and a different system. You know, no, and you know, some of it is maybe similar between the different religions, but there's a lot of things that are, uh, vastly different. And it just became uh, a real, like, sticking point in our mm-hmm. mind. Like, how did we get born into this religion? And what if we were born Muslim? Right. Like, was it just luck that we just so happened to be born Christian? in exactly the right place? that we would be given the exact perfect knowledge to get to heaven. Yeah. And what about the rest of the people who feel that way? And so I, that was kind of a doubt. Like I kind of feel like to be a solid Christian, you need to really believe that you're right. And that every other world religion is totally wrong. And you just like won the luck of the draw Mm -hmm. being born in a Christian family. In the Midwest, who goes to a non-denominational church with a lot of men who wear chambray shirts and khaki pants. <laughs> in our case, yes, exactly that. Yeah. Um, so leading into that, um, learning about other worldviews was really eye-opening for us. And one of the other things that we learned about during this time was the power of suggestion. And I'll let Joe talk about this because he is the one who introduced me to this man named Darren Brown. And he's an illusionist from England. And I think he's getting really popular now because uh, he has some Netflix specials. Yeah, but we found really out good. about him in like 2015. We were watching these crappy from YouTube one of our Christian videos. friends. Yeah, one of our Christian friends told us about him because um, he used to do like really cool illusionist tricks on YouTube. We'd watch like how he could trick people into taking blank pieces of paper and make them think that it was money or make people pay out for a, a losing horse ticket at a horse race. Right, because uh, he could just of how he. I don't know how he was suggested to yeah. people that they do that. So um, I'll let you talk more about how that affected your faith, Joe. <laughs> right. I w- kind of want to watch those again, just because I really like that kind of thing. I know. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, the the whole, the whole takeaway from it was that this guy, Darren Brown, basically showed me that our minds are so easily tricked mm-hmm. into thinking something that isn't the case or into seeing something that we believe to be there, but it's not actually there. Or, or like he would, um, hypnotize people basically Mm -hmm. into like not being able to lift up their hands or to think that their name was something else or to, you know, all of this stuff that seems like so bizarre, but he would do it so simply and so easily and described it in such a way that made so much sense. Like, Oh, that's our brain just works that way. And our brain can be tricked really easily. Um, And after watching these programs, it just really made us think that, what if this has been happening to us, Mm -hmm. you know, with not only with religion, um, but with everything we believed, you know, I think it just made us start to become really skeptical of what we believed to be true. Mm -hmm. Um, and the parallels to the parallels to religion and our experience in church were kind of uncanny in terms of like the scenario where you're in a church service and everybody is hyped up on adrenaline and you're getting a service, you're getting a message about getting a message about something. I think your brain is really primed to receive those things. It's open. It's open. It's very open. Um, And so I think that, you know, watching these TV shows 
about this illusionist mm-hmm. uh, really kind of put another doubt in our mind about the validity of our beliefs. Mm-hmm. It made us kind of question whether or not the things that we were believing to be God were actually God, mm-hmm. or if it was just us being super primed and being uh, suggestion suggestionable. Is that a word? Suggestible. Suggestible. Yes. And especially because we found out that you found out that he did that one show about uh, he taught a random guy how to be a faith healer. And then that guy healed people and they said that they felt tingling in their bodies. Yeah. And he was just a random guy who was not real. like, I think he actually was a Christian, but he had never healed anyone before. He wasn't that kind of Christian. No, he wasn't that kind of Christian. He taught a guy how to grow somebody's leg out and how to improve somebody's eyesight and how to take away somebody's back pain and how Uh to take away somebody's headache without God at all. And it was just the power of suggestion. Um, So that that put a lot of doubts in our mind. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. So next um, we decided that we wanted to watch some debates. So we were really never done that. Yeah. We never watched a debate between a Christian and an atheist. We had never actually read anything about atheists. No, I had it. Yeah. Yeah. I had never even really given it a chance because atheists always seemed to me, they seemed like, they're just bitter and yes. they're close-minded and they don't want like to believe because they having... want to keep sinning. Yes, they want to keep sinning. Mm-hmm. So we watched a, a nice moderated debate yes. uh, between who Sam Harris and uh, a, a biblical scholar mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, and this was, I think, the first time I had ever heard of Sam Harris. And uh, to our surprise, we felt like his side, the atheist side, made so much more sense and it was that was actually really terrifying for me right of how i would listen to the christian speaker and just think is that all you have right can you please put forward a better case for god <laughs> yeah like and he and every debate we found it was always this way right. with whatever whatever christian it was i i always felt like they had such circular reasoning or such totalitarian thinking like they couldn't ever hear what the other person was saying. Yeah, they would right. never respond to their question yeah. directly. They would just say something different. And it, the atheist would always directly respond to everything that Christian was saying. It was hard to watch those debates too. Because yes. I think, you know, at this point we were sort of, we weren't, weren't Christian and we weren't atheist and we just really wanted to be open-minded about it. And we're really wanted trying answers. to, we wanted answers. We're trying to figure out what is the truth here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching these things every time I always felt stressed out, like, man, what am I going to, what am I going to come away with mm-hmm. after this? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And so one, one of the debates we watched was Sam Harris. He said something that really, two things two actually, major that, takeaways. Yes, yeah. that really struck us. So the first thing he said was, things he he kind of lets happen in the world like all of the children who are dying all of the rape that is happening cancer all of the cancer basically all of the sicknesses evil in the world tornadoes and like hurricanes mm-hmm. that ruins ruin people's homes ruin whole cities and towns um wars uh right people dying for other religious re- reasons you know what's going on here and he said either god can do nothing to stop catatrophes like this or he doesn't care to so He's so there's either two impotent or he's just evil. Right. That hit so hard for me. Yeah. It's like either God doesn't want to 
stop kids from dying, doesn't want to prevent cancer from happening, from kids from suffering, whatever. It doesn't want to stop evil in the world, or he can't. Mm-hmm. And either way, that doesn't reflect too well on God. No, it really, it really uh, hit home for us. And and then uh, there was another point uh, that he he said um, with regards to the Bible, like the validity of the Bible. Yes, and he he was explaining that. It's bizarre. He, he felt like it was bizarre that in every single area of life, we are always trying to use the best, like the best knowledge we have as humankind. The up-to-date to, knowledge. The most up-to-date knowledge mm-hmm. about anything we believe, you know, like space travel. We're, we're always learning more about, about space or about nutrition. Or about nutrition yeah. Or about how the world works and mm-hmm. how the atmosphere works. Yeah. We're always using the newest knowledge um, that we can possibly get. In the case of religion, Christianity, uh, we're using a book, the Bible, that's 2,000 years old, and we're not allowed to add anything to that. Mm -hmm. And his kind of main takeaway was that if you believe in the Bible, um, you you will never meet a single person in your entire life who has a narrower, more closed-minded worldview than the people who wrote the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that's not a a knock on them, not that they were trying to be closed-minded or anything like that, but just the fact that they lived 2,000 years ago, totally different world than we live in now, had no idea how the world worked in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. like we do now. Um, And they're the ones who are basically informing our entire lives and basically informing our entire like eternity. Yes. It's it's strange that we would give them so much credit, I guess, is Uh kind of... Mm-hmm. where he was coming from. And we had never thought about this before. And and these two things that he said really just, I don't know, I guess it just gave, and at the time, it just gave us a lot to think about. Um, and just something we had never, ever thought before. Right. Uh, we went from there and we we thought, okay, this was, maybe it was like a one-sided debate or maybe, maybe we should look at some purely Christian resources. Yes. And so we remembered back to when we were in crew. Um, one of the books that we were always supposed to recommend to kids who had doubts about like the validity of the Bible or doubts about who Jesus was, was this book called A Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think we had ever read it because we never, never needed any kind of reassurance up until now. (laughs) Um, But so we thought, okay, let's like really give this a fair shot. So we, we downloaded the book on Audible and we took a road trip from Portland to Wisconsin and we listened to the book on that road trip. Um, and chapter after chapter, we kept feeling so, so underwhelmed by the arguments that were coming across. I, it was, it was more of the feeling we were left with the feeling of, is that really it? You know, we, we came into it being kind of nervous again, like, but, yeah, that we'll nervous be that wrong. we're going to be proven wrong and that we're going to it's going to be shown clear to us that the bible is true and and now we are going to have to go back and kind of rethink everything again yeah. and we're going to be stuck in this in between for even longer but we listened to the book trying to keep as open of a mind as possible and we just felt so let down or something mm-hmm. um and that was kind of frustrating it was like okay well now what you know mm-hmm. i i really thought that that was going to be something that really changed our mind about that's what things. i thought too and it was funny because i was actually scared that it would right you know so we'll so, let you read that book for yourself and come to your own conclusions. yeah maybe you but have that was our 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 experience i guess right of it. so we thought 
these, these books written by human authors, maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe we should just go right back to the source. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hadn't been reading the Bible. We hadn't really read the Bible in years no. at this point. We sort of um, had a sore spot, I think, for it. You know, we were course. angry at God that he had let us go. And so we, you know, it was sort of like, if you have a trigger, like if someone would read a Bible verse, we would get like really like uh, get a hit know, in nervous. Your stomach. And yeah, like a, like yeah, a, like a pit in our yeah. stomach. Yeah. It was like too close to home mm-hmm. or something. But I think we just decided let's like bite the bullet. Let's yeah, start. Ready. Let's start reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, again, it was, again, yeah. yeah, right. We had been reading been... the Bible tons <laughs> mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of coming back to it with this new perspective, having taken a bit of a step outside of the Christian circle and getting a new, fresh perspective on it. Yes. Uh, and what we found is that the God that we had believed in and the God that we had always thought of as all loving and all powerful and all knowing and unchanging, um, was pretty wild. (laughs) There are, there are a lot Mm -hmm. of stories in the Bible that we read with fresh eyes and felt like, man, this is crazy. I never, I never noticed this. I never noticed this. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Or I never noticed these inconsistencies or, or why in the world would God kill these kids because of these this dumb thing that they did it seems like god's really jealous or something or like insecure and it was funny because we like experienced all this stuff and experienced the inconsistencies firsthand and i i kept thinking about times that like i heard other atheists say oh yeah there's so many inconsistencies oh yeah and when we were in crew like people we kids we would talk to who were atheists they'd be like well i don't believe that there what about all these inconsistencies in the bible and my response was always like you know, you have to look into the context. It's there's they're not actually inconsistencies. It's just you have to look the, at the context and the historical context, and you know, and all of this stuff. You know, I kind of it didn't bother me at the time mm-hmm. when people said that. Uh, I think I just I don't know. I couldn't see it. I I, I wouldn't you accept didn't it. Want to, yes, you wouldn't didn't want I to guess. accept it. But now coming back to it and seeing some of these things firsthand w- was really surprising to me. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like. Th- a lot of these problems in the Bible that we were coming across were so obvious and it was really wild to believe that we couldn't see them Mm -hmm. in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, reading the tower of Babel story now with fresh eyes was such a different experience from reading it a hundred times when Uh we were Christian. It was just weird. Yeah. And that finally led us into kind of the clincher. There was a, (laughs) there was a post we came across on Reddit. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. So we were, we were feeling so alone and we were Basically, looking for, yeah. we didn't, we, we didn't know anybody who had been as deep into religion as us and gotten out. And we dared not tell anyone or try to reach out and find out because we were terrified of what people would think. So we went to Reddit and we <laughs> found a community on there for ex-Christians and for atheists. Mm-hmm. And we just thought we would. Basically see what they had to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh I think I sorted from top. We looked at the best posts in the subreddits just to see what like the opposite sides the argument was. Yeah. Um, And what we found, there was a post that I'll link in the description or wherever you link things on here. Um, But it was a post that was basically uh, an atheist writing a bunch of questions to a pastor who was asking for questions Mm -hmm. uh, from atheists to answer. Mm -hmm. And so he laid out this long, beautifully formatted post with that posed a bunch of problems he had with Christianity along with a bunch of problematic verses to him and stuff like that. Uh, and for example, he has a whole section of verses where God condones slavery 
There's a whole section of verses where God condones rape and sex slavery. There's a whole section of verses where God condones human sacrifice. There's a bunch where God enforces capital punishment for a bunch of crimes. Um, a bunch of the crimes are victimless, seemingly seemingly small crimes. Uh, a bunch of verses where God kills people for stupid reasons. Uh, a bunch of verses where God kills children. A bunch of verses where there's misogyny in the Bible. Um, and a bunch of verses that are contradictory. It mm-hmm. basically laid out this whole huge essay of all of these places in the Bible where God is doing these insane things. And and I guess we kind of came away with it feeling like, man, I have never seen God in this light before. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was scary. It was terrifying. It was like, I think that I remember the moment because we were actually at my parents' house and we were going to bed and we were in my old bedroom and we were about to watch like a show on the laptop. And you, I think I had mentioned, I don't, you know, like, I know that we've really been feeling all of these things, but like, I don't, I still don't know how I really feel about it. Like, you know, what do I really think about Christianity? Do you, do you feel any differently about it? You know, we've learned all these things, but like, are we Christian? Are we whatever? And you told me, I found this Reddit post and I, I think like I'm out basically. And you showed it to me and I was like, so shocked by it and, and hurt. Right. Hurt. That, that is really the main emotion. I think we both felt really betrayed Mm -hmm. because I, my whole life, I, I believed God was an all loving all-powerful God who cared the most for his people. Like he was a source of love. Mm-hmm. We could only love through him. Mm-hmm. You know, we could only love because he gave us the love to give that kind of a thing. And, and reading about kind of this other side of God in the same book that we've been studying our whole lives was really eye-opening. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that really was kind of the point, the, the breaking point, so to speak. And, you know, I think this whole time we were sort of on the fence about whether or not we wanted to believe in God, whether or not we wanted to follow God and believe in the Bible and stuff like that. And one of the big factors in that decision was that we were really scared of hell still. I was. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was obviously that's something that is a big deal. And we were really scared of going to hell. Didn't really didn't want to be wrong. Mm-hmm. So that kept us searching for a long time. But then reading this post and kind of seeing god for who he really is in the bible we came to the conclusion that if i'm going to go to hell or not whether i'm going to go to hell or not is almost irrelevant because the god that is described in the pages of the bible is not a god that is worthy of my loyalty he is not loving he is not good and i can't follow him i can't i can't deny my own morals and follow a monster mm-hmm. like that that would do those things. I know. And I know a lot of the people, I mean, I feel like I would say this to people who would say this to me, that they would say that, well, a lot of those things that God did are in the Old Testament. And it's from a different time, you know? And I I just can't, I, I'm sorry, but I can't hear that excuse anymore. God is supposed to be unchanging. And if he did these things in the Old Testament, then he is the same. Yeah, He's the same way. It's like, I mean, we were talking about this before, but like, think of your father, your earthly father, and think of him in this way. Think of if he condoned all of these things, but he did it like a few years ago, and now he's kind of been quiet. (laughs) You know, what, 
you know, do you still respect him? Yeah. My dad, he used he to kill a lot of people. He didn't he, apologize for it. He just sent like a new friend over to inter- intermediate, you know, the conversation between him and you. That way we don't have to talk to dad because dad gets really mad. Yeah. Dad's really angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's really jealous and angry. Yeah. So yeah, that, that whole, well, that's the God of the old Testament. That argument doesn't fly for me either. No. It's just, I can't, I don't know. Is and, he unchanging or is, is he changing? Because yeah. if he's unchanging, then I'm not going to follow him because he was a crazy monster in the past. I know. And if he is changing, then is he really God? Why was he acting like that in the past? So I think that that post and the realizations we got from that are kind of, that was kind of the big thing that really led us to that feeling of freedom from freedom from all the doubt and the confusion and kind of gave us a yeah it let us move forward because it was like kind of like hell and our eternal salvation was a little bit out of the picture now and it was kind of just up to us deciding whether or not we wanted to follow the god of the bible yes and after reading the bible we determined no no (laughs) we do not want to follow that god yes so to end and wrap up this episode um we want to say a few things um so if you're listening to this and you still consider yourself a christian we really want to encourage you to study apologetics at least or read your bible read into other religions it's Mm -hmm. the least you could do for yourself if you haven't done this you're basing your belief off of the belief of the person who told you about it and you can call that faith if you want, but ultimately that's someone else's faith right. that you have. So just really encourage you to study. Right. And I just wanted to say that um, I think that if you're a Christian and you do have some doubts, you need to be able to feel confident enough in your God um, protecting you mm-hmm. to be able to explore some of the thoughts and the, the doubts you're having. From the beginning, I felt like, okay, God, I have a lack of faith right now. I really want more faith, but I need to get some of these questions answered for myself. Mm -hmm. And I trusted that if God was really God and if he really loved me, then he would protect me from falling away from him and he would bring me back to himself. That's what I wanted. That's what I hoped. That's what I believed was going to happen. And I think if you're a Christian, then those are the beliefs you need to have. And you need to be able to trust God enough to allow yourself to try to get some answers to the doubts and the, the questions you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're like the one lost sheep who went astray, but Jesus didn't come to find us. Right. I Part, part of me wishes he would have sometimes. Mm-hmm, the other me... part of me feels like I'm a free sheep now. I don't have to stay in the dumb pen. I can go run around. That's true. That's go look at a fun. waterfall. That's really fun. I know. All right. So that's a good time to finish. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. And I hope that we could encourage you or help you in some way. Right. All right. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.